This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Good afternoon. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Hall. There has been a lot in what promises to be a busy offseason, whether it's speculation over the number one draft pick and Justin Fields being traded or the execution of the closing on the land in Arlington Heights. And Dan Weeder. The 2023 Bears are made for the offseason. They are a dream in terms of content, in terms of debates, in terms of talking points, in terms of developments. We're just getting started. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast on your free Odyssey app. I'm David Hall from the Mullen Haw Show. Dan Weeder from the Chicago Tribune covers the Bears. You're clicking on this right now because it is the NFL schedule release night. One of the happiest nights of the football offseason. One of the most optimistic nights of the year. Win, 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 loss, win. <laughs> That's the way Bears fans are looking at this tonight, Dan. So we got what we wanted. It's not... As I continue to say, and it's the football adage, it's not who you play. We've known that for a while. It's when you play them. And first blush, Dan, I think that this, a 14-loss <laughs> schedule, it's going to be soft, softer than most, but it gives the Bears opportunity. It screams opportunity, and there's a lot to like. You scoff at me already. I no, I don't. Not in specific, but you got to agree. There's opportunity here for the Bears. I don't scoff. I just laugh because opportunity is a beautiful thing to see on paper when there's a list of opponents, <laughs> right? And as we talked about in the last episode, every single one of these opponents is looking at their schedule and going, Chicago Bears, 14-loss team, don't know who they're going to be in 2023. Let's get them as soon as we can so we can take care of business. It's an interesting schedule. It's funny, David. There's there's one thing, you know, the NFL put out a thing on Thursday afternoon about the strength of schedule for every team in the league based on the win-loss record of their opponents from last year. And there was a lot of arguments like, how could the Bears finish last in the NFC North and have a more difficult strength of schedule than their division foes? Well, here's the reason. Because they're the 14-loss team. <laughs> they don't get to play themselves, right? right the Vikings right. won 13 times. The Bears lost 14 times. You, ha- you have to take that into account. And so, yes, the Bears will have opportunities here. They will play against an AFC West that it can look imposing, except when it doesn't, right? <laughs> and so, I think so it, it looks pretty imposing from here. It, I think it, it looks pretty imposing from here. You could lose all four of those potentially, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be playing against uh, an NFC South that obviously was, was putrid a year ago with the Buccaneers kind of backing into the playoffs with that little uh, skid that they were on and, and doing that. So there's a lot here. Um, Transparently, you know how this works as a reporter in this business. The first things you're looking for when the schedule comes out or leaks throughout the day is, right. okay, number one, where are my holidays? All right, Thanksgiving. Okay, cool. We're playing on the Monday night after Thanksgiving. So that's, that's great. Your, that's your free up Thanksgiving. I'll be there by 1130, Dan. Christmas. All right, Christmas, your house. Yeah. Christmas Eve. All right. 
Don't have to go on the road. That's a plus when you got young kids. But, you should be home for Christmas morning, but it's a but, 325 game. That stinks. Against the Arizona Cardinals. That's a that tough stinks. one. That stinks. So Christmas Eve's off the table. I mean, imagine how distracted Kyler Murray's going to be that day. <laughs> and then you look at the, you know, for me, like the cities. This is a good city list here between L.A. and K.C. and Tampa and New Orleans. There's some fu- some fun trips there. Um, that's just a selfish reporter's way of looking at things on the schedule release day. I can tell you I, I, I jumped into Rich Campbell mode today, was on Marriott.com ripping off hotel reservations left and right. We can always revise those later, but at least you're locked in for some of those. Um, I think it's interesting, David, to bookend the season with the Packers. You know, like yeah. the, you open at home against them and then you close the season at Lambeau. Uh, in a game that could mean nothing, it could mean everything. And we've seen kind of both occurrences over time. And if it could mean something, that it could be in prime time. That's still to be determined. That could be the fifth prime time uh, kickoff for the Bears. Or, Dan, I want you to explain this. We'll we'll (laughs) kind of pick and, and choose our spots here. But, like, help me understand why the Cleveland Browns game against the Bears is TBD both in date and time, that is another potential flex game because both those teams, you never quite know. And once you get past the ickiness about Deshaun Watson, you wonder how the networks will feel in December about that matchup and maybe Justin Fields in a resurgent bear season and and Deshaun Watson is a primetime flex possibility there. Here's the only thing I can figure with that because that is a week 15 game and it's in that, that window, December 17th, 16th, 17th, weekend that's typically when we start to see the saturday games coming to the the equation right so this could potentially be a saturday night game in cleveland or a saturday afternoon game in cleveland based on how this stuff sort of sort of shakes out at that time of year that's the only thing i can i can gauge that one struck me too because it's the only one on the on the list outside of week 18 that has the tbd written all over it even the tbd with the actual day you know um so we'll see what happens with that one um you know, look that that week that week three trip to Arrowhead. I mean, that that's as as tough as it's going to get for the Bears, yeah. right? Like you could right. go down there uh, on the last weekend of September, potentially be one and one, and get your doors blown right off by Patrick Mahomes. And you surprised that game's not a primetime game? We had gone no. from the Bears and and Chiefs in Germany because <laughs> hey, you know who want who doesn't want to go to Frankfurt and see Patrick Mahomes beat up on the Bears again to a 325 kickoff. It is, that's a good window, but I wondered with Mahomes against the Bears with the Chicago market, if that might be a primetime opportunity. Look, when you look down the list of other things that are going on in the NFL and you see the other teams that are intriguing and attractive, you're going to see the Jets all over primetime with Aaron Rodgers now. You're going to see the Chiefs all over primetime in other matchups. Uh, You know, the the Bears just aren't looked at in that regard. Right now, you mentioned they've got four games in primetime. Well, two of those are... Thursday night slop fests on Amazon Prime, right? Against the Commanders and the Panthers. Those are, those are not exactly the marquee matchups, even though they're quote unquote primetime games. So the Bears right now have to earn their way back into that spotlight. And I think that's a, a little bit of what this schedule tells you. Um, again, this is the first time that teams have been pushed into uh, the double Thursday night thing. And so week five and week 10, the Bears will have to play on really short weeks. For Thursday night games, downside, that's really hard to do. Upside, last year we talked all about the mini buy and how much of a springboard it was for the offense. So take two of them. Why not? Listen, I understand the why people want to complain about the Thursday night games. I really get it, the Amazon Prime games. By the way, who told 
whose job was it? The poor sap who had to tell Al Michaels, you've got <laughs> commanders and bears again on Thursday night. And oh, by the way, later you're going to have Panthers and bears. Who's going to tell Al Michaels that? Yeah, it's probably Kirk Herbstreet. He's probably he probably he probably had the, had had the role there. And but, uh, <laughs> but 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 my point my point my serious point is this: if you're going to play those shortened weeks and kind of you know you you have to do things and it, it's compromising a lot of things potentially health wise and recovery wise, I think you've got two opponents and two games that are beatable opponents and winnable games. And so it's better than playing the Cowboys and the right. Chiefs or somebody like that, or maybe to keep it to this schedule, it's better than playing the Chargers and the Chiefs on Thursday nights because you're going to get beaten up in likely those games. So I think you've got two games that give you a chance to get a victory, get some rest, and regroup. If you remember, we talked last year during the season as it was unfolding that those short weeks can be really, really difficult on young teams. You know, you you just when, when, when you're trying to figure out routine and you're trying to figure out order and you're trying to figure out how to put together a week that works for your team, young teams struggle with that. Well, you know, the, the Panthers certainly are a are, are young regrouping team with a first year head coach and Frank Reich, and, and they're going to have to go through that a little bit. The commanders are a little bit more established, but Sam Howell is going to be your your starting quarterback likely at that time of the year. So that's a, that's a nice little intriguing uh, spot on the on the calendar for that. Um, and then, you know, I, like divisionally, you, you see the love the Lions are getting so much love that they're going to play the kickoff game on the first Thursday of the season in Kansas City on the, uh, the curtain lifter for the whole league. That's pretty cool. We don't know if they're going to live up to the expectation that's been building for them. And we don't know if the Vikings can come anywhere near uh, doing what they did last year, which was late game magic and having that little sprinkle of belief that pulled them through in so many close games, even though they finished the year with a negative point differential. Okay, let's go there. Let's start the season and give you some early impressions and we'll work through it, Dan, because I think that's what all we're going to do tonight is give people a glimpse of kind of yeah. off the top opinions about what we saw and how they how they stack up. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. I think with the Lions playing that first opening night game against the Chiefs, they're staring at 0-1. I think before the Bears get to Week 2, <laughs> they could be in first place in the NFC North because if you're going to play the Packers, if you're going to play Jordan Love, you want to play them Week 1. You want to play them before he gets his footing. You want to play them while he's still figuring things out, introducing himself to his receiving core, figuring out what he's going to be. That's the ideal spot to play Jordan Love 
and the Bears can beat the Packers in week one and wake up Monday morning in first place. You know what they're shouting up in Green Bay right now? <laughs> the ideal defense for Jordan Love to play in week one as he's trying to get his feet on the ground is the one that gave up 330 points in the 10-game losing streak. The All one right. that gave up 408 All yards right. a game in the 10-game losing streak. The one that has revised itself with so many new additions that they're going to be trying to get their feet on the ground. <laughs> so it works both ways. I get it. It's going to be a really intriguing matchup. I think we can already hear the overreaction <laughs> one way or another another on on Tuesday of, of week two right like we get to we get through that first game and it's going to be like conclusions are going to be grand on whether the Bears won that game or lost that game it's a great I, I mean look like I, I love the, the the Packers openers it just gives you a little more juice um did did Foxy open against the Packers was that his first game it was it, certainly in September the first time he played them in his first year as Matt coach Maggie. Well, I know that I, I know that one for sure. That was I mean, the first one. That was up in Lambo. You remember that? What a half that was. They lost that game, but it felt like it was a win. Khalil Mack, baby. Yeah. That was I mean, that was the Khalil Mack show. And then it was like next level Aaron Rodgers coming back from the injury and, and leading that one. Are you surprised that neither Packer game as of now, as of now, is not a night game? Yes. Because I, I, it this is this is year eleven on the beat for me. And I think there's only one year in my entire time on the beat where there wasn't a Bears-Packers game in primetime. Usually the one at Lambeau is in primetime. In 2019, the curtain lifter for the NFL's 100th season was that, I mean, I, you remember that vividly, the energy in the city yeah. of what that was and that what that was supposed to represent. And then they went out and laid a turd on that Thursday night at Soldier Field. And that was a, a, a total snapshot of what the, the season Amos was going to be. Right? That was the Adrian yeah. Amos game that he had to pick off. Yeah, I, I wonder about week 18, if that could be a primetime game, but you don't know what could be you know, in play around There's the only league. one in week 18. Yeah. And usually it's a, it's a game with a lot more at stake. Uh, if that's for the NFC North title, then, then two teams have surprised a lot of people. Well, that would be true. And I don't know the bears are going to do that, but this schedule does, as I say, offer opportunity. I think that they have, it's not inconceivable. And look, it's, it's, it's a night they release the schedule, but I think it's not inconceivable when you look at their first two games, the bears to believe that they could beat their first two opponents. They've got the Packers at home with Jordan Love, and they've got Tampa Bay on the road with whatever they're going to yeah. look like. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Baker Mayfield and company. But what's the company going to look like? Everybody is flocking Tampa Bay. I don't know what kind of team they're going to have, but I think that they uh, are vulnerable, and it's, it's part of having a softer schedule. So the Bears, if I'm Matt Eberflus, I'm having a hard time sleeping Thursday night because I am I'm fired up about the possibility of starting 2-0. and Here's one of the things that you do with the schedule, and what I've learned over time is you, you go through it, you write down wins, losses next to every game, and then you go back and you go, which ones wasn't I sure about? Which ones were they kind of on the fence? And then you try to balance those out. You know, you, every game that you think they have a chance to win, you have to say, well, they're going to lose a few of those. And you go that. Yep. So, so I think they're probably going to split weeks one and weeks two against the Packers and Buccaneers, win one, lose one, don't know which order, and then they're going to go to Kansas City and lose. And so you walk into October at one and two. That's where I'm at going into the month of October. And Sean Payton comes back to Soldier Field and, and the spare bear gets to coach against his former team. And he goes back on the sidelines where he uh, was there for the NFC Championship game way back in 2006. Sean Payton, the Broncos were a trendy pick last year. I don't think they'll be less trendy this year. They're a team that's rebuilding with him a little bit. They still have Russell Wilson. Dan, that's a game that will have much marquee value. I think it's going to have a lot of attention. I don't know what to expect from the Broncos by October 1st. So I think that's one of those games that could go either way as we're sitting here tonight. It's impossible to know 
what we're going to get. I just, I just do know there's going to be a ton of eyeballs on it. Expensive experiment, right? Can Sean Payton, Super Bowl winning coach, resurrect Russell Wilson, Super Bowl winning quarterback, and do so quickly to get them competitive in a division that obviously is run by Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and has a lot of other, uh, a lot of other competition in it. And then I think when you talk about uh, you know the Vikings and Raiders at home after the Thursday night game against the Commanders, there's some opportunity to compete there. Don't know what the Vikings are going to be, but uh, the Raiders and Commanders certainly certainly are teams that you feel like you're going to stack up well against. Again, health, injuries, all kinds of things will factor into play. But Dan, I think when we talk about the takeaways from the schedule, when you go out to LA and you play the Chargers, and then you have a stretch you, that you begin four or five road games uh-huh. that's difficult and to me that's the teeth of this schedule you have the carolina panthers worked in there on a thursday night you've got the mini buy that we like to make a lot out of but dan you know how it goes in the midst of a uh, in, in in the season mode four or five road games not easy to pull off four or five and a short week home game right like so that's that's a, a test of mental fortitude without question it's the first thing that jumped off the page at me when the schedule came uh, to me in full and you go whoa that's that's a stretch that's hard to go through i've got them during that stretch just want to make sure i've got this correct i've got them as as one in four during that stretch. So I, well, I think it's going to be a patience tester for them. And, and look like those road venues are no joke either. You know, you're talking about a, a U.S. Bank Stadium and Ford Field and, and the Superdome and, and SoFi um, against some 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 pretty good quarterbacks, too. You're going to need that bye week. You're going to need that bye week. No doubt about it. That comes after you play the Vikings. And I think that's a long time to wait for a bye week. No question. No question. I, I would have loved to see Panthers bears on a longer week, just because I would like to see both quarterbacks, Justin Fields and Bryce young have a fair test to kind of play that chess game. Uh, we'll get it on a short week. We'll see what it looks like. Uh, hopefully they're both uh, healthy and, and in the, in the uh, QB one role at that point. And it's not uh, Andy Dalton versus uh, uh, PJ Walker oh. in, the, in the revenge games. Ah. <laughs> I, you know who else hopes that's double case? Al Michaels. <laughs> Al Michaels and Kaylee Hartung and, yeah. and, and, and Kurt Al Irving. Michaels really hopes he's not calling PJ Walker versus Andy Dalton. He might not make it. He might not stay awake through the third quarter. There you go. Yeah, and I might so, not either if that's the case. <laughs> okay, then you get the bye week, and I think that stretches. I, I don't know if I have them going one and four, but I think I understand if they get lucky, they could win two. But I do think I might have one and four as well. Then you go and you look at the home game against the Lions. I look at the schedule. And I know they have an off week and they'll be coming through the teeth of the schedule. I look at that Detroit Lions game as a litmus test of the 2023 Bears. You're going to know what kind of year this will be. You're going to know what kind of team you have when you host the Detroit Lions in on Sunday, December 10th, is it? Yes, yeah, Sunday, December 10th, I believe. And you'll know exactly what you have because the Lions by then likely – in playoff mode, kind of rounding into shape. You don't know, I, I guess. But the Bears by then, they will be who they're going to be. And then you'll find out a little, a lot about that football team. It's going to be really interesting because you don't have to play after the Monday night game at Minnesota. You have your bye week, and so you don't have to play that that other short week, right, after after having the two Thursday nighters. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's an opportunity there to, to see what you're made of and then obviously to follow that up. Uh, with that t- the trip we talked about earlier where we don't know what day is on, we don't know what time it's at, they going down to Cleveland and, and figuring out what you got in that game. But Browns, Cardinals, Falcons gives you an opportunity in the in the December portion of your schedule to 
you're laughing at me again. Don't <laughs> laugh at me. I don't disagree with you. I'm just telling you that the Browns, Cardinals, and Falcons are staring at their schedule going, Bears in December, what a break. I know, I know. It sounds a little absurd. But hey, this is take the north. It isn't seize the southwest, okay? So when you look at the December part of the schedule, you do have – uh, a reason to feel like if it, I'm, I'm thinking about if I'm if I'm Matt Eberflus in the first OTA on Tuesday and we're talking about the schedule, I'm I'm presenting it in these terms as like okay, man, December is an opportunity to prove what we have tried to do is working and to prove it on the field against teams that we can beat. It's not the Chiefs, Chargers, and you know whoever the other third most uh, be, uh, you know, difficult team is on the schedule. They're the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. Who knows if he'll be back and healthy and, and engaged. You've got the Falcons. They're going to be in disarray. They're going to be the Caleb Williams Derby at that point in time. <laughs> and you've got the Browns. I mean, who knows what kind of mischief Deshaun Watson will be in by December. So you've got winnable games against beatable teams. Yeah, and so the Bears will be humming, and I've got them as 2-2 two and two in December. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, can't, I can't really argue with that. All right, and then we talked about finishing up against the Packers. I think that game, there's one thing I can guarantee you about that game on January 6th, is it, in Lambeau? It's 6th or 7th. It's either Saturday or, or Sunday. Okay, I'm um, probably January 7th then. January yeah. 7th in Lambeau, it'll be cold. It's going to be cold. No question. Guaranteed. It's going to be one of those, those, those crazy cold games, and it's going to be a test of wills, and I don't think either team – We'll be looking for that. The playoffs after that, the end of both teams' seasons will come that night in Lambeau. It'll just matter of positioning. Who will be closer to the bottom? Who will be closer to the top? That's what that game will decide. It'll be wild for me to pull up into that stadium with Aaron, without Aaron Rodgers waiting at the gates for the Bears because that's just been the, the, the you know, you feel it when you get there that they, the, that, that, crowd and that building knows that they have owned the bears in in recent history and that's going to be removed you know and, and we'll see how much jordan loves able to recreate it or, or seize onto it um but i, I you know look like I, i'm on record multiple times as saying there is zero chance based on the law of averages that jordan love is a like you know <laughs> multiple time mvp and and, and you know like a, a 10 time yeah. Uh, all and, pro slash pro bowler. And, and I'm and I'm telling you that by January 7th, I just might be, I don't know if I'm going to travel to that game or not. I don't know what our plans are or not, but I will sell, tell you this. My curiosity over Sean Clifford, who probably will be the starting quarterback by week 18 for the Packers, uh, might draw me to Green Bay just to see what he's all about. I don't, I, am I wrong in, in having legitimate questions about what Jordan Love is? I mean, what no. have people... What have people seen? I have more faith in Matt LaFleur's ability to scheme the Packers into the end zone or maybe their offensive line and running game to forge something or Tom Clemens to work some magic by being a good quarterback coach. Jordan Love has done nothing to impress me in a small sample size. My niece is a student at Penn State. She thinks that Sean Clifford is trash, just so that we can get that on record. Also, uh, I, I look like I, I need to watch Jordan Love play for a long time before I start to draw some of the grand conclusions that people north of the border have have drawn in terms of his career trajectory. I just, I, 
there's nothing other than the fact that he wears a yellow helmet with a G on it that tells me that the guy's going to be, you know, a, a top tier quarterback. I see it to believe it, you know, and I, I, I truly think that the Packers are about to enter this vexing world. I mean, the Indianapolis Colts, right? David had had Peyton Manning, and then they had a suck for a year for luck, and then they had Andrew Luck, and they were like, God, this is easy street. And then they've changed starting quarterbacks every year for like every year. seven years in week every one. Year. And, they're doing it, and they're doing it again. And they're yeah. doing it again. And, yeah. and so I, I think this is this is the world that the Packers better ready themselves for, and I know they're not ready for it now. You want a handful of just quick statistical uh, nuggets that I can throw at Let's you? Let's do that before we wrap up. Quick, All right. quick stats. Bears have 10 games yep. against teams with a starting quarterback who has been to at least one Pro Bowl. Uh, obviously, that does not include supervillain Aaron Rodgers. The Bears will play five games, only five, against teams that made it into the playoffs last season. They will play against six six games against opponents who finished with a winning record, three games against teams with new coaches, and as we mentioned on the last podcast, 17 games against teams that finished last season with more victories. <laughs> well, that's that's the easiest <laughs> one to guess. All right, so just wait, wait, wait. Five games against playoff teams only? Five out of 17 yeah. games? Yeah. Six games against teams with winning records? Yeah. And you're scoffing at my building this as a as an opportunity for there something. Was, there was no scoffing. I just think it. I think the optimist, the optimism <laughs> on schedule release night is always cute. I think it. But no matter where it comes from, I think it's always cute. I love the way you pat me on the head and say I'm cute. <laughs> That's great. Well, you know, uh, I I get it. I, so I, I don't know. Like, what do you what, what do you see? What what's the WL okay. like? Just WL. Mentally. I'm I'm gonna give you a range, okay? Because <laughs> I I think I'm gonna save my hard and fast WL. For the Mully and Haw show, because we have to okay. really crunch some numbers. This is my immediate reaction. They could win anywhere between seven and nine games. I think that's the range. I do think that you that got a floor of seven. I, I would think my floor is probably six. I said if things go well, it'd be between seven and nine games. My floor is going to stay six because I've been in Chicago long enough to know that. But I think when I'm when I'm getting a little giddy after seeing the schedule release and 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 hearing you scoff at me, nice dice cute david i think that i'm going to say seven and nine is realistic they've got a shot at respectability that's my takeaway big picture takeaway the bears have a chance to regain some relevance and approach respectability in 2023 it's a six six or seven win team based on the eye test not only with the schedule but the one thing that you should always do after you read the schedule is then click one tab over and go to the depth chart and go through that and go oh yeah <laughs> these are the guys that are playing that schedule and this is what we're working with that's who's true. rushing that's, the passer again <laughs> yeah, right yes exactly um so we'll get there one other little uh, statistical nugget that i dug up this is at chicagotribune.com the Bears' crowning achievement, obviously, you know, was on January 26, 1986, when they won the Super Bowl over the Patriots in the Superdome. Since that day, they have only won one game in that building, in the Superdome, and that was back in 1991 when Mike Dicka was coaching and Jim Harbaugh was the starting quarterback. So a little bit of Bayou voodoo, maybe. That's part of the, the trip back to New Orleans in early November. Now I want to go. That's going to be awesome. And now, now I kind of want to go see Derek Carr carve up the Bears secondary. That's That would be a fun trip. That's a great town. And, and, yeah. and November would be a, a easy enough time to make that 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 trip. I'm going to start looking at the calendar now. I'm going to start working on Mitch. Maybe that'll be a good trip. All right. Yeah. Okay. North Live Remote. Well, this has been our emergency schedule release podcast. You can watch us on the 670 Scores YouTube page. You can get us on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Any other statistical data or nuggets we need to include? 
I think that's the bulk of them right there. The, okay. the, the rest of them will have to wait for folks on Friday morning at chicagotribune.com. We've got capsules on every game. Brad Biggs, Colleen Kane, and I will give you our general impressions of the schedule, and we will give you win-loss totals there as well. Awesome. And you can tune into the Mullen Haas show beginning at 5.30 till 10, and we will go game by game, and I'll give you my meatball thoughts about how they are <laughs> close to respectability and then maybe even come up with a final record that um, – I know that Dustin will probably be over his skis a little bit, Mullen maybe not, but we will talk about it in the morning on Friday morning on 674. So for Adam Sadinsky and Dan Weeder at the Chicago Tribune, I'm David Haw. Thank you for listening to the Take the North podcast. Great talk. See you out there.